0: Good to see you guys back hanging around. Uh, Welcome back to Wealth Coffee Chat, take two this morning. Hey, question for you, for those listening in right now, those that hung around. If you were, let's say, um, I'm going to quickly go to this. If you, you know, as we're going along, we're sitting here in the world of buying a property. We're in one of the phases, which is acquisitions. You know, we're in this phase uh, and you've got a certain you've got a certain choice to make uh, right off the bat uh, and you're saying, all right, well, what am I going to do, my first deal or my second deal? Um, You know, I've got a certain amount of borrowing power. I've gone and um, chatted to the finance team and they can give me some money. Let's call it, you know, 750K or thereabouts, 650, 700, whatever it is, whatever whatever we're talking about, right? Um, And uh, let's have a look at, uh, that you were there, you've got a bit of spare cash flow um, in your pay packet. My question to you, would you choose a cash flow property or a growth property, cash flow or a growth property, and which one would make you wealthier? And it's always an interesting question because I've had this question many times. We all have this question many times thinking about it from side to side. Um Yeah, there you go. (laughs) semi sagas. You get both on your side for sure, Jeff. Balance it up. So it's an interesting one. We were talking about this the other day, about, you know, uh, in areas that get more growth, uh, we tend to um, make a choice. Um, Yeah, growth if you have the ability, to. It's interesting. All right, so let's have a bit of a look at uh, a little bit of a calculator, a bit of a spreadsheet on... The scenario, and this again, you know, a rough scenario, you know, there's plenty of different ways, you know, going around, Um, you know, if you have a income on that property, when you think about the calculation, which, you know, capital growth, let's say 9% compared to 1%, the extreme choices in this conversation when it comes to, all right, where do I want to find? the balancing point or the wealth point for the quality of my property. So, you know, as we tend to do or as it tends to happen, if you choose a property, let's say for a higher cash flow yield, let's say you're looking for like 9 or 8 or 9%. Tell me in the chat if you're looking for 8 or 9%, where do you tend to find that type of rental yield? Like like everyday buy and hold regular um, um, regular yield. Luke's already got his cash flow properties in in check, which is awesome. So, you know, where do you tend to find those types of properties—the higher cash flow, higher yielding properties? Well, yeah, it tends to be regional, right? So, if you're looking at, you know, um, a certain location, you know, infrastructure, you know, CBD, you know, beach, you know, um, you know, employment hubs, whatever it is the further you get away from those, often the higher the the rental yield becomes, right? So you, you end up, yeah, Blackwater. <laughs> Don't go to Blackwater, Jeff. You're dead right. You know, um, so you tend to be regional, okay? And what happens, there's kind of, it's not exact, but, you know, you get a higher cash flow out there. And when you get closer to a certain piece of infrastructure or, you know, something that someone wants to be close to, shop, schools, whatever, blah, 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 then the inverse proportion happens. Your rental yield tends to go down. Uh, and so where we go. So if we have a look at, let's look at the extreme. We went to cash flow over a 10-year period. Um, you know, what would it look like? And this total yield here is the total growth. Um, and uh, over a 10-year period, folks, that's the total yield over 10 years. Right. So if, let's have a look at the 10 year outcome of a property. Let's say we're in a location where growth is very uh, unexpected, but we've got a high rental yield. So we've got a high rental yield of 10% on our property. Um, we've got a little bit of growth with it. Um, and then, you know, the total all up over those uh, few years. And then the interest, because we're paying interest, we're doing interest only. Uh, and our net outcome after our interest. And our capital growth, $378,000, right? So that's fantastic. We're up, okay, as we go along. Now, if you go to the other extreme and you go, I'm going to get a 9% capital growth on the property and a 1% income, then, you know, what does that look like when it comes to our yield, okay? So, you know, let's have a look at growth plus um, the rental yield minus our interest, and then we end up with a better outcome, 725 k all right? So when we're looking at this type of thing, team, you know, the difference between the difference, the net difference, if you can, you know, afford from your own pocket and cash flow over 10 years, okay, over 10 years is pretty significant. All right, so let's just quickly do the math on that one. Should have had my calculator ready. You know, 725 minus, you know, 378 uh, $3, is $347,000. All right. So let me ask you that question. For you, if you have, like Luke said, if you've got the capacity, if you've got the capacity, And maybe you have to put a bit of extra money out of your pocket into the deal. Maybe maybe the property – let me ask you this question. It's probably a better question in the chat. How much extra – so how much on top, how much input over and above what the property pays for itself, how much would you be prepared to put in every year into a property every year to – create $347,000 worth of wealth? How much? What What would you put in? In dollar terms, what would you be prepared to put in? Because this is a question, let's say, if some of us don't have the capacity to buy three, five, ten properties, but we've got a little bit of extra cash flow, but it's not enough extra cash flow or servicing to get us that next deal, question, um, yeah, Luke's saying, right, why, why not put 5K in? You know, over 10 years, that's 50K. So, you know, um, Tim, 50K for 347, not a bad deal, cash on cash return. I'd even argue that for some people, up to 10K wouldn't be a bad deal either. Wouldn't be a bad deal either, all right, Um, as you go for that sort of stuff. And what Luke's saying there as well is he's got some other assets and this is where business owners or those who have trading um, trading incomes buying and selling incomes uh, business incomes other side hustles if you can match up if you can match up those incomes if you can match an income with a growth asset it's very tax efficient for that income you, you can manage it if you structure it properly using the right structures that, that income uh, you pay no tax on And you end up with a capital gain of $347,000. So, you know, uh, I didn't get a chance to flesh that out today, Tim, because uh, of some internet issues. Um, Yeah, it's true, Tim. You've got to be careful. That's why you've got to choose, you know, a good property in proven growth areas. Um, And that's why, you know, Sam and the team do a lot of research when it comes to long-term Proven areas that are infill, that are closer to the city, where populations are um, creating pressure. Um, and if you haven't already, folks, make sure you get hold of Sam's Forex growth strategy. There's about 15 pieces of um, research and understanding of what would drive that growth very consistently when it comes down to design you know, uh, behavior, economics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you guys hear Sam talk about it all the time. Um, But, uh, you know, that is the, that's the go. Most of us will get wealthier, wealthier, far wealthier if we choose a growth property. What is a growth property, right? Um, Lots of gurus tell you they know what growth is. Um, Unfortunately, many of them don't. Um, But there you go. Anyway, interesting conversation, interesting mathematics, uh, for us today. Didn't get a chance to flesh it out, unfortunately, but maybe I'll circle around for a, for a version two of this tomorrow and spend a bit more time uh, on chatting to you guys about these types of things because as interest rates go up a little bit, maybe our choices are a little bit more restricted when it comes to the volume, the number of properties we can buy um, and uh, buying one good one for the moment um, is certainly essential for us as property investors. Anyway, there you go, folks. Wealth Coffee Chat done this morning. I did turn off the VPN and it worked. It helped. There you go. Um, It stopped it being uh, an issue with the internet. Anyway, folks, you work these things out as you are off. You guys be good. Be well. Um, Join me tomorrow for another Wealth Coffee Chat. Thanks for joining me for today. Over and out. Done and dusted. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Bit of a win-win there for sure too, Luke, Um, for sure. Yeah, we want to be 5% or more in our growth. Um, There we go Um, for those sorts of things. All right, team, be good, be well. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.